What is up, everybody, and welcome to Rock Video Rental. I am Brandon, and with me, as always, is Caleb. Caleb, what's going on? Um, well, I thought it was a little bit funny because I just uh, watched this movie last night, first time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was watching uh, him go through the whole movie and, you know, all the pain and torment he put his body through and it was a little ironic that essentially like i pulled my back out a couple days ago (laughs) my god so did i (laughs) (laughs) oh great nice well done um so uh, trying not to make it too long of a story like i you know you mess up your back a little bit here or there no big deal but why i didn't realize this time around is that i was compensating so much so because I was compensating a couple days later, like the rest of my back started hurting. Oh man. Yeah. So it, it essentially made it worse. So I've been doing the whole icy hot for past couple days to try to get back to normal. I'm, I'm almost there. I'm optimistic that tomorrow's the day, but I was watching this movie last night and I'm sitting there trying to be comfortable on the couch, <laughs> watching this guy get the crap beat out of him essentially. And I'm just like, I can't even like, pull my back out and do anything and he's like jumping off of ropes and landing <laughs> on glass and all this stuff and i was just, and how how old was he supposed to be um i'm assuming probably like in his early 50s yeah i was just like that man dude wrestlers I mean, are a completely different breed of person yeah they're no, like Grant- the toughest athletes <laughs> yeah granted he 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 was putting plenty of stuff into his body yeah um, which probably helped, but still I was just like, man, like dude, nothing makes you feel older than back pain. Yeah. No, I hear you. Um, the story of how mine happened mm-hmm. is ridiculously stupid. So like I got up out of bed and I'm like, Oh, my back's a little sore. That's kind of normal. Sometimes if I sleep in one position the whole night, um, I go downstairs I am taking my morning pee. I take a deep breath and something grabs my back. (laughs) 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 Just standing there. What the heck? It's like, it was like under my right shoulder blade (laughs) and it's hurt now since Monday. Oh, dude. It is getting better though. So I'll say that. Okay. Yeah. Mine was the lower back. (laughs) Lower back is the worst. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's like every single movement. Mine is like every time I like look down, my back hurts. Mm, yeah, so, I, I think I know. Fun. I think I've had a, a muscle cramp, kind of where you're talking about. Yeah. So yeah, I I get that. I feel your pain, man. This <laughs> this sucks. <laughs> yeah, but apparently we have nothing on Randy the Ram Ram Robinson. Right. <laughs> so you want to just jump right into the movie then, since we've already been talking about it? Yeah, for sure. Let's do All it. Right. Let's roll. Good, you really brought it. Thank you, thank you. You hang in there, you got a lot of ability. Have you ever seen a one-trick pony in fields so happy and free? If you well, I was wondering if I could get some more work. All I got is weekends. Isn't that when you sit on other dudes' faces? Have you ever seen a one-legged dog? You have a beer with me? <laughs> one beer. If you ever seen you have a daughter? Oh, my daughter, she don't like me very much. You should call her. And you seen me. What do you want from me? I'm an old, broken-down piece of meat, and I deserve to be all alone. 
I just don't want you to hate me. Two words. Three. Match. Bring it. You know, with a little luck, this could be my ticket back on top. Tell me, friend, can you ask for anything? 80s man, best ever. Guns and Roses. Crew. Yeah, then that Cobain had to come around and ruin it all. <laughs> 90 sucked. 90 sucked. These things that have comforted me, I drive away. My only faith's in the broken bones and bruises I display. You know, the only place I get hurt is out there. I'm really here. So the movie of the week is the 2008 movie The Wrestler. is directed by Darren Aronofsky, and man, I didn't realize he directed this movie until watching it tonight, and I've seen it probably five times. <laughs> um, man, he's laid a lot of great movies. But so the plot for this one is a faded professional wrestler must retire, but finds his quest for a new life outside the ring. A, dispiriting struggle so the movies we choose on this podcast are usually just like fun movies that have a lot of action or a lot of comedy and just stuff that's entertaining and fun to watch (laughs) this might be the first movie that's just a complete downer uh yeah i concur with that and honestly like Okay, I know this won or was recognized for a lot of nominations and things like that, but honestly, it was like not even thinking about recognition and things like that. You know, great movie. I I'm not saying like I enjoy seeing other people, you know, suffer or sad. I like to see some things like this with the realism, you know? Yeah. Like not every story is going to have a happy ending. Yeah. And that's really what this movie, you know, even especially with people within the professional wrestling business, mm-hmm. respect this movie because it's so realistic. Yeah. For a lot of wrestlers, especially from the era that, you know, Randy was from of, you know, the eighties and early nineties. A lot of guys went have gone down the same path that he has. And, you know, a lot of people consider this movie, you know, loosely based on the life of Jake the Snake Roberts. Okay. Who is a wrestler who was really popular in the 80s and 90s and notoriously, like, had his struggles with substance abuse and... Uh, you know, injuries and all this other stuff that has just like deteriorated him and his life. Uh, but, you know, good news now with him is that he got his life back on track with uh, DDP doing uh, DDP yoga. Okay. So, you I know, mean, if it wasn't for Diamond Dallas Page, like Jake Roberts probably wouldn't even be alive. Like all yeah. the stuff he went through. Um you know, if you guys are interested in that, he there was a documentary that DDP made called "The Resurrection of Jake the Snake." Mm-hmm. Um, that's a that's a really good one to watch. Um, 
I guess before we start too much, I'll get into the cast. So we got Mickey Rourke as Randy the Ram Robinson, Marissa Tomei as Cassidy, and Evan Rachel Wood as Stephanie. Uh, there's a lot of side characters. Those are like the main ones you're really going to want to want to know for the movie. Yeah, I didn't realize that uh, Lenny, who who played the character Lenny, did you recognize him? Um, I guess not really. Why? Wow, what's up? What do you? Uh, he, well, he's like a very recognizable, like side character. He was in Ace Ventura and um, Scarface. He's a, he's a hey, it's that guy. Yeah. <laughs> so I I I I was watching and paying attention, but he was just the shots that he was in were so brief and also from a distance. I totally did not recognize who Mar- was Margolis. Yeah. So and actually, as a whole, for this movie, just to mention too, is like I had no idea what to expect with this movie. Like I, I mean, I knew it was about an old time uh, a. For, well, he was a wrestler still, but essentially someone who was like out past of the prime. prime. Yeah, past yeah. the prime. I had no idea if it was like going to be his comeback or if he was going to have a catastrophic end or I, I had nothing. So it was very interesting for me to be sitting there kind of because to just like completely figure out. I mean, I had no idea even that this movie was as old as it was. I thought for sure this movie was only like five years old and here it is 12 years old. So, yeah, that's, I was surprised too. Like I remember seeing it like shortly after it came out. Um, you know, I grew up watching wrestling and, you know, when this movie came out, I was, I was really interested. And I remember my dad actually saw it before I did. He saw it on, HBO or something like that. And he's like, yeah, you should watch it. It's really good. And, you know, I heard all the buzz around it with the, all the nominations for awards and like the other awards that it won and everybody's saying how, you know, it resurrected Mickey Rourke's career. So yeah, I I mean, I, a lot of people that I've talked to haven't, who haven't seen it. I've always told them to watch it. Um, You know, like I said, it is kind of a downer at times, but it's just, really beautifully shot and extremely well acted. Yeah. Honestly, like, I mean, I did take note of, you know, it being shot well, but in the scheme of things, I didn't think it was as impressive as I thought it was going to be. Not saying it was bad at all, but just like, uh, for the most part, outside of, you know, the fanfare of the wrestling matches themselves, it was kind of like when you step back from it, it was pretty basic. Yeah. I think the simplicity of it is what's great. Yeah. Um, Some of the long tracking shots, like Mm -hmm. I don't need to get too far in the movie, but the shot where Randy's walking through the grocery store. Yeah. Like that one continuous shot. That's awesome. Um, Some of the filmography, like, during the wrestling matches was great too. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's, it was reminiscent of Rocky in some points. Um, I mean, the movie as a whole is kind of reminiscent of Rocky, maybe like a Rocky who's like down on his luck. Yeah. Maybe like Rocky five, <laughs> <laughs> but, but definitely better than Rocky five. Um, 
you know, I guess, you know, the movie starts out, it's, it's got a great intro and you get a lot of backstory about Randy, just like from the opening credits, uh, you see like a lot of newspaper clippings and magazines and it kind of gives you the story about, you know, he was like the big name in professional wrestling in the eighties, you know, kind of, you know, we would equate it, you know, in, in real life as like, I don't know, Hulk Hogan or Ric Flair or Macho Man or something like that. Um, and they talk about his, you know, legendary battle with the Ayatollah. And, um, and then it's like, boom, back to like now. And, you know, it's he's all beat up. He's not as good as he, you know, good looking as he used to be. And just a beaten down like shell of a man. But, you know, wrestling's all he knows. So that's, you know, how he's making his making his life still. It's still to like hanging on to the dream, just scraping by. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he gets like evicted from his trailer that he tries to come up to. And you know, he's locked out and sleeps in his van. But, you know, at the same time, you see like he's still a really likable guy. You know, all the kids in the trailer park just love him. Yeah. And, you know. Makes friends everywhere he goes. Everybody's, you know, just a nice, friendly guy. Just, you know, he's really he's he's got nothing other than wrestling. He can't, yeah. and you know, a lot of professional wrestlers have that because you know they get that high from playing off the crowd and devoting so much of their time to being good at that craft that you know maybe they haven't spent enough time doing things outside the ring to prepare for, you know, after wrestling, you know, there's football players that are like that too. Mm-hmm. Um, so we get to see like a little bit of his life. He's, you know, he goes to work at a grocery store, like part time to get money so he can get back in his trailer. Uh, you know, cause not only is he locked out, like all of his belongings are in that trailer. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, you see, like, the disdain of him, like, stocking shelves and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and he's still doing, like, his independent wrestling stuff. You know, he has a match with a young guy. And, um, puts on a good show for the, the small fans, amount of fans that are there. It's like a high school gym. Yeah, or a small event center. Yeah, pretty much. Um you know, there from from there he goes on to like have a hardcore match, which is insanely brutal. Yes, <laughs> to uh, say the least. Yeah, and I mean it's it's CZW, which you know people that don't really know wrestling, it, it stands for Combat Zone Wrestling, and they're kind of notorious for like these crazy over the top hardcore matches and like death matches and all this kind of crazy stuff. Um. And actually, the guy he was wrestling in that is a real wrestler. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, his name's Necro Butcher. And, I mean, with a name like Necro Butcher, I mean, you're not going to be like this technical marvel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we see like a lot of crazy stuff. He's getting like a stable gun to him. He's going through tables, going into barbed wire that's like ripping him up. and Broken glass. Broken glass and tacks and getting hit with chairs and falling on ladders and all this crazy stuff. And, you know, after the match, they're, they're cleaning him up, taking the staples out of him. And, 
uh, you know, after they get them all stitched up and everything, he's kind of sitting there in the locker room and he's throws up and then he starts getting dizzy and he keels over and he ends up having a, like a bad heart attack. He wakes up in the hospital and, you know, he had like a bypass and basically the doctor tells him like, you can't wrestle anymore. Mm-hmm. Like that's, it's not going to happen. You're on all these meds now for your heart. Um, you know, it's basically like just a ticking time, mom, if you continue to wrestle. So, you know, now he's trying to find his life outside of wrestling. And, you know, he starts off with trying to reconnect with his estranged daughter, which this whole thing is where it really starts getting sad. <laughs> because you could tell, you know, this happens a lot, too, with wrestlers because they're on the road so much. Mm-hmm. Like it's not like football or basketball. There's like there's no season. It's year round. Yeah. Um, you know, he meets up with his daughter. She doesn't want anything to do with him. Um, he's just like, you know, I had a heart attack. I thought you should hear it from me, and just know, you know, that this happened to me. And she basically doesn't care. She doesn't want anything to do with him. And goes off about how he doesn't probably remember when her birthday is and all that. So, you know, feeling downhearted about that, he, I don't know, like seeks, uh, like friendship with the stripper <laughs> that he visits on the regular named Cassidy, mm-hmm. uh, played by Marissa Tomei. And she gives him like some advice and, she was basically like his only friend, which is, you know, kind of sad um, for being such a likable guy. He's, he's almost like kind of a loner. Yeah. Uh, you know, we get kind of a mixture of like some more sad stuff where he's doing an autograph signing and really nobody shows up. Um, it's all these like has-beens that are like in terrible shape and they're all old. Um. Yeah, wheelchair, crutches. Guy sleeping at his table. Yeah. Yeah, just super sad. And it's like in a fort, like a... VFW? Yeah, VFW hall. Yeah. Um, And then he, you know, he goes and works at the grocery store, like, gets more hours. He's working in a deli department. Um. And at first, you know, he kind of just rolls with it, tries to make the best of it, and he's having fun with the customers and all that. And, uh, you know, they're enjoying it. He's doing a great job and seems to be, like, embracing his new life. Uh, and then, like, his stripper friend goes with him to, like, get his daughter a, a birthday gift. Uh, go get some clothes and then they start getting like too close to each other and she retreats and you know kind of makes him feel like crap again um and he gives the the clothes to his daughter and they have like a really great day where they kind of hang out and they're dancing and just kind of like reliving you know some of the the good times they did have and you can see like their relationship growing and basically like he agrees, like, to meet up with her. Was it, like, on her birthday? She's having, it, like, a party. Uh, no, it was for dinner. He said, how about we get dinner? Um, 
which was kind of weird to me because like he doesn't have a cell phone he doesn't have any way to communicate with her and he's just like hey how about we have dinner friday night she said well saturday will actually work better yeah and i didn't think maybe i missed it but i didn't think he said anywhere specific so i thought he was gonna like meet her at the house and then they were gonna go out yeah that's what i was assuming like he was gonna go pick her up or something yeah but um that turns out differently but we'll get there yeah um so basically he goes and you know he gets a card for for cassidy to like thank her for helping him pick out a gift for his daughter because she liked it and you know then she's still like resistant of her of him and says like she can't get involved with customers and uh, then he gets like defensive and like just basically throws money at her yeah super defensive super um uh, not hostile what was it there was a different word i had for it but yeah very combative yeah but um they have like a big blow up and he just like storms out you know and uh, you know, a couple scenes before that, we see him like canceling all his wrestling dates because you know he wants to retire and um, even even cancels his big rematch he's going to have with the Ayatollah, which is, he thought was going to be like his key back to the big show. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, after all this, he pretty much realizes like, you know, I'm not. You know, I'm not really, I've got really nothing other than my daughter. Well, he goes to like a wrestling show just to watch. After the show, he's talking to some of the, the boys backstage and, you know, they, they're going to go out and get drinks. So he goes out with his friends and like one thing leads to another and he ends up <laughs> hooking up with this girl in a bathroom <laughs> and um, doing doing coke. And then like the next day he wakes up at this girl's house and <laughs> that scene always cracks me up when he wakes up at her house because yeah. she's like, got like this crazy thing for firemen. Yeah, super and, like, awkward. He wakes up and he's got like fireman boots on, <laughs> and like her entire room is decorated in, like fireman posters and banners and sheets and all this stuff, and he just like nopes it out of there. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Uh, the next day. You know, he, he gets home and he sleeps it off. When he wakes up, he realizes he missed, like, the dinner he was going to have with his daughter. Yeah. So he runs over to her house that night and, you know, basically she says, like, he's basically, you know, dead to her and she doesn't want anything to do with him. Yeah, which the weird part is, is as I said, was everything made it seem like they made no specific plans that he was going to meet her at the house. Yeah. And then she's super ticked off about it because she said she was waiting at a restaurant for over two hours and I'm just like what like he dropped you off said let's and you guys decided to do dinner Saturday night you walked in the house then he left yeah I mean so there must have been a phone call in there about meeting at a restaurant because everything implied that he was going to meet her at the house which in, in that case I mean it's it's not right to like you know miss something and you know stand somebody up but in a situation like that i was gonna i was kind of thinking to myself oh well you know maybe it's not that bad because he's just really late 
and she was just at home, but yeah. supposedly she was at the restaurant and yeah, that, that stood, stuff stood her up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and basically like he leaves there and, you know, I was just kind of thinking the only use I have is like to be a wrestler. Like I've really got nothing else going for me, you know, and they show it like he goes back to work at the grocery store and, you know, things aren't going as good this time at the deli and people are giving him a hard time. And this one guy recognizes him and, you know, he's like trying to divert the conversation. It's like, no, that's not me. Like, no, you don't know me from anywhere. And then the guy's like, oh my God, you're Randy Robinson, like the wrestler from the 80s. And, you know, basically, like, Randy starts freaking out, and then he, like, slams his hand in the meat cutter and cuts it really bad. Yeah, but, I was confused by that. Yeah, I thought, like, when I first saw this, I thought he was, like, trying to get work, workman's comp or something. Yeah, me too. And then he, like, storms off, says he quits, and, like, destroys a bunch of stuff, tells off the boss, who's, like, a complete tool. Um, Storms out of there. And then, like, after that, he calls the the booker and tells him, you know, I'm down for that match against the Ayatollah. Like, book me. And we see him, like, preparing for it. Uh, Cassidy comes back to his trailer and tries to talk to him. And he, you know, he's basically, like, you kind of, you know, the way he comes off, he's, like, acts like he doesn't really care that she's there. Yeah, kind of he blows like, her off, basically. Yeah, kind of like a defense, and he's like, yeah, I got a show, I got to go. He has her the flyer. He's like, it's going to be in such and such town, like, you should come. And, you know, he goes to the show, he's getting ready, and, you know, like, keep in mind, like, he had a heart attack, he's, he's not supposed to be wrestling. Yeah. She shows not... up and, like, begs him, like, don't do this. And he's like, um, nobody cares about me like outside of this like this is what I am and like all these people out here are the ones that you know care if I'm you know alive or dead he's like this is my purpose kind of thing and she's like well I'm here so that should tell you something and you know he just walks through the curtain and starts his match and you know he's having his match at the Ayatollah and uh, things are going good, and then he gets like halfway through, and you know, you can tell something's going on with his heart like he's just collapsing, he's out of breath. And Ayatollah's trying to end it, and Randy refuses. And then, you know, the end of the movie, we see him climb on the top rope and do his finishing move, just jumps past the camera, which which is another amazing shot. Mm-hmm. Um, jumps past the camera, and then that's it, like, we don't see what happens. It's all kind of just left up in the air, which is the best way to end this movie. Yeah, usually I hate that, but it was very fitting for this situation. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, it just worked perfectly. And it's one of those where it's just like, oh, my God, like, did he die? Or, you know, do things work out good? And he ends up being with Cassidy and maybe can reconcile with his daughter. But Yeah, well, point everything points to... His body was probably not going to survive it, and so I'm led to believe that he died. Also, um, when he was walking away from Cassidy to go onto the stage, when he walked away, I was just like, dude, why, like, 
with the way that he was with her, I was a little surprised, like, he didn't, like, give her a kiss or something. Yeah. But then at the same time, he essentially kind of went past the point of no return, even though he could have technically walked away whenever he wanted to. But he had one that one final moment, too, where he was up there, and I think it was maybe when he was talking on the microphone or no, I think it was, it was during the wrestling match. He looked back where she was on the, and she wasn't there and she wasn't there. Yeah. Um, which I mean, you can't blame her. I mean, who wants to knowingly watch someone most likely die? Yeah. Um, but that was, that was kind of it. Like if she had been there, maybe it would have been different, but at the same time, I don't know. I, I've got some other things here to add in a minute because I, I'm going to be kind of curious because I think I might give a little different thought process to the way that you reacted to it. Yeah. Um, man, I can say for this, like acting wise, Mickey Rourke killed it in this movie. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. amazing job in this movie. Um, and, you know, this is the movie that really like brought him back because you know, he was a big actor, like, in the early 90s, and he stepped away to, um, you know, he had, like, a bad motorcycle accident. I remember that. And then, you know, he decided he was going to be a boxer. And, um, man, by the time, like, he was done boxing, like, he was so beaten up that, you know, he wasn't getting the roles that he was before. Because, like, he was a he was a good-looking dude in, like, the early 90s. Um you know, and after the accident and like the boxing, like he just didn't have the looks he had before. And, uh, you know, just some things like personally in his life with um, issues with, I believe, drugs and drinking really like kind of hindered his, um, the roles he was getting and hurt his, uh, his image. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe people thought he was difficult to work with or deal with. So he wasn't getting anything. Um, when this movie came out and people were like, Oh wow. Like he's still got it. Yeah. And you know, it's, he's shown that he's like kind of turned his life around and, you know, he started getting more roles after this. Yeah. Uh, and, and I mentioned before when we talked about like our favorite actors and stuff, like Marissa Tomei is really good in this movie too. Oh Yeah. Uh, this is another one where she got like a lot of notoriety for, and you know, rather modest budget for this movie. I believe it was like six million, which okay. you know sounds like a lot, but for a Hollywood movie, it's it's really not. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. Just like I said, it's a it's a movie that you know it's good. But at the same time, it's it's kind of depressing at times. And every time I watch it, like with a part with his his daughter where he like stands her up, and it always just I'm always like, oh, not this part, because it just makes me feel so bad. Yeah. <laughs> you because know, they're like, okay, he's gonna get like something good in his life, and then like you know he goes and screws it up. Which honestly, if if you ever watch Beyond the Mat with where they talked to Jake Roberts, it was like the same thing with him and his daughter. Yeah. He had a daughter that he tried to reconnect with a bunch of times and he just let her down to the point where they don't even talk to each other. That Mm -hmm. might have changed now that he's got his life around, but 
<laughs> yeah. Well, so uh, my thoughts after the end of the movie was kind of interesting because I started going back and forth on like how how badly do I feel for him? Yeah. Essentially, like, do I really? Uh, do I really feel bad for him or is it kind of like, you know, this is, this is what happens when you go down that path. Um, and so let me, before I, um, go too far with this, say, I understand that life in that ring is completely different, like with wrestling. And as you said, it's year round and to be committed to it is, you know, I mean, you're gone all the time, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. I'm not pretending at all to say that I understand that or, um, or anything, but just high level reaction to how it was depicted in this movie. It's kind of like you get out of things what you put into them. His life was wrestling and he put everything into wrestling. And, you know, I mean, yeah, he was past his prime, so it's not going to be as good as his uh, heydays, but, you know, that's everything he did was invested in wrestling. And then, so when he was past his prime in wrestling, there was really nothing left for him because he was not preparing for that. And he wasn't investing anything in that. And like, he essentially cut everybody outside of wrestling out of his life. The main part being his daughter. Yeah. So then to have the idea and not saying that he expected it, but he attempted to, which I mean, is at least the right thing to do is to be like, Hey, you know, I messed up. I, I want to do right. I want to fix this. Um, and he tried to, he still wound up making mistakes and everything. And so he can't really blame her for the way that she reacted and everything, but it's just kind of like, he never put anything into that until essentially it was just like, Oh, I have nothing else. So now I'm going to pay attention to this, which does not give anyone a great sense of value. Like, I mean, yeah, things were looking good for his, uh, the relationship with his daughter at first and everything, but even if it had lasted longer and all that, it kind of would make it suck the realization of, you know, Hey, if he had one, not had a heart attack or two, not had to give up on wrestling, would he have even cared about me? Right. Yeah. And that's like, she says too, she's like, yeah, now that you've had a heart attack, you want me to take care of you. Yeah. It's like, that's and, what you want. And, you know, when he says later on too, that like, um, he kind of like pours his heart out to her saying, you know, there's times where I wish that you weren't around. And, um, you know, I took for granted what I had and I focus so much on myself and now I'm like beaten down and broken and alone. And he's like, and honestly, I deserve to be that way. Mm -hmm. You know, so he like, he admits that he was wrong and everything he did. Um, and he doesn't like deserve to have her around. And that's kind of what makes her come around to him. And then he goes and screws it all up. <laughs> yeah. And so, continuing down that path, it's kind of like, okay, yeah, you see, you see all this stuff at the end of his life slash 
wrestling career and it's just like yeah it's sad but at the same time you know i mean he and and they acknowledge it as you just said and everything like he he made it this way like if he really wanted to change he could have done some things ahead of time right earlier on in his life so then at the end when everything was showing like okay pretty sure that they're insinuating that he dies at the end it's just like how bad do you feel for him I mean, uh, obviously, like, I, I feel bad about the situation, but then it's kind of like the degree of how bad from the standpoint of that's the life he made. And essentially, it's kind of like, I don't know if I would say the consequences or that's the sum of everything that he did with his life is like it led him to that point. It's not like he could really blame it on anybody else and not saying that they were trying to blame it on anybody else. But it's just like when you think about all the elements of it does it make you not feel as bad for him where it's just like you know i mean that's that's kind of what he did to himself yeah yeah i get that um that's you know the first time i saw this i kind of felt bad for him then like the other times i watched it i'm like you know it kind of brings it on himself and that's really what do you expect with the way you like treated your life you know, and even stuff with Cassidy, like, the first time I was like, wow, she's kind of harsh to him, and he's been nothing but nice to her, but, you know, she's got to, like, protect herself and, like, her nine-year-old son. Mm-hmm. Like, she can't get involved with a guy who's, the only thing he can do is wrestle, and, you know, he's got, like, no point in life other than that, and now he has to, like, retire from wrestling. Yeah. And he doesn't, like he's the per or she's the person that he's investing the most time into. And even that is sporadic because like she comments on like, Oh, I haven't seen you in a while and things like that. So even Mm -hmm. the person that he's quote unquote investing the most time in isn't really all that much. So it's just shows so much centered on himself, which again, like, I mean, you know, we're not denying, you know, that's kind of the lifestyle and how things go and everything. And, you know, both of us still, still feel bad for how it ended but you know the more you think about it, the more it's kind of like you know that's that's kind of what uh he made happen and not and and so i don't know i it feels weird to say it because like this was such a well-done movie it gives you that as i said at the beginning the that realism especially since it's not a happy ending um like there's so many other types of stories out there in the world, real stories uh, where this kind of applies to and everything. And so it's not like I'm saying, Hey, you get what you deserve. Um, I, I don't think that way. I mean, I want everybody to have success and hopefully like have a happy story to their life. But um, yeah, kind of when you break it down in a situation like this, it's kind of like, you know, the, the more you do stuff like this, the more chances are your story is going to end like that. Right. So, yep. <laughs> um, man, like other than all that deep stuff we talked about, uh, another thing I enjoyed about this movie is the soundtrack. <laughs> like all I... those, all the songs that played are like songs that I listened to, so I enjoyed that. It's all like '80s hair bands. <laughs> yeah, well, I love their conversation at the bar too. Where they're yeah. like the '80s rock, and then Cassidy's like, "Yeah, the '90s really sucked." 
Yeah, and he talks about how Kurt Cobain showed up and like ruined everything. <laughs> he's like, what's wrong with having a good time? <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, that cracked me up. Uh, yeah, and you know, like I said, a lot of the camera work is pretty good. Some of it's kind of understated. Um, man, I, I guess tonight was the first time I noticed really that long tracking shot of Randy walking through the grocery store. Mm-hmm. Um, that was really well done. And, you know, the stuff in the ring where, where he jumps over the camera at the end, that was that was really cool. Uh, some of the close-ups of, like, the crazy hardcore match were pretty intense. Yeah. Uh, man, Mickey Rourke gave everything for this movie. He really gave it his all, I'll say that. Mm-hmm. Um... I guess we can get into some trivia here. I got quite a bit, some interesting stuff. So the first match that we see Randy have against the guy with the Mohawk, um, we see like before the match, like he's preparing a blade in his wrist tape. Yeah. And then like he blades himself. Mm-hmm. Um, he actually did that. Mickey Rourke like actually did that for the movie. Okay. <laughs> he did it to add realism to the role. He said, and it's like it's a common thing in wrestling called that they refer to as gigging. Okay. Or or getting color. <laughs> um, you don't see it as much anymore, but it was like a super big thing in the eighties and nineties. Um, people notorious for it, uh Ric Flair. <laughs> Woo! You see Ric Flair with his hair like all covered in blood a lot. It was a common thing for him. Um so due to the film's modest budget, Axl Rose actually donated the use of Sweet Child of Mine free of charge for the final match. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, and I think that uh, Mickey Rourke, when he was a boxer, he used to use Sweet Child of Mine as like his entrance music. Okay. So he might probably has some kind of background with Axl. Like, I'm sure they're probably friends or something. Yeah. Uh, so Darren Aronofsky revealed that Mickey Rourke was the first choice to play Randy, and the studio wanted Nicolas Cage. Ugh. Aronofsky like fought to have Rourke as Randy the Ram, and he ultimately won out. What? Which, like, thank God. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> what? I mean, Nicolas, so, Cage, Nicolas Cage can bring it sometimes, but I can't see him in this role. He's so wiry. Yeah. Wiry. Why are we? <laughs> yeah, I just no Mickey Mickey Rourke was the best selection. I mean, and then there are so many other options. I feel like before Nicolas Cage. Oh yeah, for sure. Like okay, um, I don't even even from the standpoint of being like okay, who can we get who's good a great actor who will put on a great performance even if it's not like a wrestling physique. Mm-hmm. Nicholas Cage still would not be at the top of the list for me. No, <laughs> yeah. I would not have him on my list at all. Uh, yeah, and I mean, we talked about Rourke giving it his all, and like he actually trained for months with former WWE wrestlers to like be basically trained as a wrestler for this movie. That's pretty so like all the stuff in the ring he did. Mm-hmm. Um. 
So there's also a scene where Randy's like going to get back on steroids. It's like before he has his heart attack and he sits down with this big jacked up bald guy. Is yeah. the actor's name was Scott Siegel. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, ironic. He was actually arrested a few months after the movie release for steroid possession and assaulting federal officers. Oh gosh. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there was reports that Mickey Rourke didn't get paid at all for his appearance in the film, which would have been like a violation of the union rules. Uh, Darren Aronofsky actually said, you know, years later, uh, in an interview with the New Yorker that, uh, Rourke did end up getting paid a hundred thousand dollars for the role. That's it. Yeah. And then Rourke actually asked to receive some of the salary in cash in a brown paper bag. (laughs) (sighs) Why? I don't know. And that's it. A hundred thousand dollars for that. Yeah. A hundred thousand dollars. So I can get more to more money here. So the budget was 6 million and it made 44.7. And he already got paid a hundred thousand for it, but I mean, it revitalized his career. Yeah, but still, like, dang, I did, man. Okay. Yeah, and that is all I got for trivia. Uh, you want to get into grades? Yeah. All right. So I pulled from the two normal sources. Um, yeah, let's start with Rotten Tomatoes this time. Um, there's a critic and an audience score. What do you think those are? Oh man, um, critic. I'm gonna say it's probably the highest we have ever seen on this show. I can't remember the highest we've already seen, but I'm going to throw out there an 89 for critic. Dude, a 98. For wow. Critic. Okay. I didn't That's know the that highest they... I've ever seen. <laughs> wow. Oh yeah. No, I, well, I've, I remember because I'm not on Ron tomatoes a lot, but I do remember that I've seen some in the nineties. So I should have figured this would have been a 90. Yeah. Series. And I've seen some that were a hundred before. So not very many, but like I mean, the Godfather is probably one of them. Um, so what do you think the audience one is? Um, it's a lower, I'll say that. 91? It is 88. Oh, dang it. So you were close when you said the, the critic. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. A lot higher than I thought it was going to be. I mean, it's, I think it's a great movie, but 98% crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, and then it brings us to IMDb. What do you think that is? Uh, trying to think of what some things were. I'm a uh, 9.0. It is a 7.9. What? So they're a little bit rougher on it than Rotten wow. Tomatoes, which is usually, surprising. yeah, usually Rotten Tomatoes is a lot more uh, critical of movies. Yeah, Rotten Tomatoes likes to all of a sudden throw out 40% on movies that we like. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, your grade, what's your grade on it? Um, so. I mentioned this like every time, but you know, this, the performance, the story I'm, and I am a sucker for realism. Like I said, like, and this is probably the first movie that we've reviewed as we were talking about before, where it's like not a happy ending. Yeah. Um, I am going to give this a five out of five. Oh, wow, man. Yeah. So, 
Uh, and normally, uh, as I was going to say too, normally I'm kind of like, oh, five out of five, you know, everybody should go out and see this. But a little bit I take into that too is like, you need to, like, this takes into consideration what movie you're going to get. Like, I honestly think I would probably go back and change uh, what I gave Halloween mm-hmm. um, and probably just give a five out of five because I think that was excellent. Like, you have to know what you're going into. Like, somebody who just does not like horror movies is would not still not like Halloween, even though it is a really fantastic, uh, you know, Halloween horror scary movie. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of the way that I think I'm going to approach this and approach things moving forward. It's just kind of like you should know well enough kind of what it what this is about. I mean, like, it's a very realistic movie. They, like, don't hold anything back where it's just like, you know, this is the life of a wrestler and the crappy struggles that he has to go through. Yeah. Um, and so it's just like, so if you want to see something about that from the realistic standpoint, fantastic performance, as you said, great filmography soundtrack was, uh, a lot of fun too. You know, five out of five, really. I, I, I don't know where I could find something to complain about. Even, uh, you know, the time frame of the movie was pretty decent. It, most of it was not really drawn out good engaging nice progression uh man i like i said i i looked for some things to be critical about but i other than that one thing about where i wasn't clear on uh it wasn't clear on them going to the restaurant or meeting at their house that's it and that was just something that i may have overlooked so yeah yeah yeah, because I never even thought about that before. Um, man, my grade for this, I you know, I've seen it quite a few times. It's a movie that I think is really good. Uh, you know, like I said, I thought it shot pretty well. The acting is great in it. Um, I mean, it is kind of a downer, but it's a realistic depiction of, you know, what a lot of former, former wrestlers go through. And, you know, a lot of former wrestlers have really, like, spoke highly of this movie. And especially of uh, Mickey Rourke's job as, you know, Randy. Uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper was one of them who, it was famous, a kind of a famous thing that, like, when he saw this, he, like, he broke out in tears after, at the end of it. Because he's seen so many, like, friends and, like, um, I guess co-workers, I guess, or teammates, are you want to call them. Um throughout his career kind of have similar paths and it's just, you know, it hit really close to home to him and he, you know, thought it was a wonderful movie and it was handled really well. And it was incredibly like realistic. Mm-hmm. Um, Bret Hart is another one who kind of, he didn't like, you know, he didn't like how the light it was shined on it. Make almost implying that like every guy goes through that. Yeah. But he realizes like the realism of how many people have gone through something like that in yeah. their life outside of wrestling. I and didn't. T- I he was another person too that thought like Rourke did a, an amazing job in the role. Yeah, I personally didn't take it uh, as like, hey, this is what happens to wrestlers. More so as in like, hey, this is the darker, more realistic side of what 
can happen to people in this industry. Yeah. Not saying like this is the normal, but it's just like no, no. It's almost kind of like one of those things where it's just like people don't want to talk about this. Yeah. So we're gonna show you it. Yeah, and I mean, Bret Hart can sometimes can be the the screaming old man <laughs> who just likes to find faults in a lot of things um, and just start drama for no reason. He, he can be like that sometimes. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a movie that I enjoy, I guess. I mean, it's really kind of a downer. Uh, I mean, I give it a five out of five just because how incredible of a movie I think it is. Mm-hmm. But not like as high of a five out of five as like I would give, you know, you mentioned Halloween. Yeah. Because Halloween's one that I'll go back and watch a whole bunch where the wrestler, like I have to kind of be in the mood to watch it yeah. just because of how much of a downer it is and how yeah. sad some of the parts are. And, you know, when I brought this up for a movie for us to watch, I knew you were probably going to like it because I know how much you like, like realistic endings and plots mm-hmm. and how everything's not like all sugar-coated and wrapped up nicely with a bow at the end yeah it's you know it's a gritty dark movie that is reminiscent of you know real life yeah and i think you know i mean uh by giving multiple movies five out of five doesn't necessarily mean they're all on the same plane and doesn't necessarily mean that it has to be a movie in my opinion that you go back to and watch over and over and over again right or has to be something that makes you feel good but just like as far as i I think in general like the quality of it um that is kind of the best or easiest way to uh to take from it so yeah Yep, I would agree. Um, man, anything else you got? Um, man, I don't think so. Uh, I, you know, as I said, I just really enjoyed this because I did not I really. I, I, it's one of those things, too. It was nice to kind of be removed from it uh, long enough when there was all the hype around it and a lot of people were talking about it. I mean, I knew there were kind of high expectations to a certain degree, but if anybody spoiled anything about it or anything, it was so long ago that I didn't, didn't realize. Yeah. So that was, uh, that was nice. And yeah, it was, it was, it was a good one. It was, it was definitely nice to add it to the mix because very different from the average stuff that we review. Oh yeah, for sure. That's I thought it'd be a nice combo breaker there. Yeah. <laughs> but um yeah, I guess next week we'll be talking about remakes that we think are good. Um they're kind of few and far between, but we're going to have a couple list of them and see what you guys think too. Um yeah, thanks for listening and as always, be kind, rewind. <laughs>